And then at one point, she was she told her friend, take a picture of me, take a picture of me. And she did a fake karate kick at the gorillas. The guide said, don't do that. And she goes, what? He didn't even react. Oh, my God. This is the African guide, the Rwandan guide whose living is to see these gorillas and protect them on a daily basis. Then she saw the silverback and started pounding her chest. And the, the guide said, if you do this... I can't protect you, and it is not my job anymore if you will not listen to me. And she was like, she was like, what? I'm just being funny. I wanted like to the fucking most... kill her, dude. I wanted the gorillas to kill her. I wanted to help them. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right, lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know <laughs> where you came up with that. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast, everybody. I am Julio Gallerati. I'm sitting next to our buddy, Francis Ellis. We Hi. We have Chris. We have Ryan. We have the whole squad in the building. Here we are. This is the podcast. This is it. That we do. This is the one right here. This uh, is it. Cooler air has prevailed. This is it. Fall is in the air, and it's really, I'm really enjoying it. So, dude, dude, Hillary can cook her ass off, dude. Is that right? She is an incredible cook. She really is just so good. And she'll do shit where I'm like, how did you know how to do that? She's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you don't know? You yeah. just... And she doesn't even, she's not like a person who's cooked a ton. I don't know mm. where she's learned to have this cooking intuition. But dude, I swear to God, if you're like, what is your favorite food? My answer is anything that Hillary cooks. Wow. I she makes like five dishes, that. bro, that are my favorite fucking thing I've ever had. Ooh, I'd like to try some of those. They're very nice. Each one of the five. They involve nice things too. There's, you know, there's, she makes this incredible like fucking noodle thing. Dude, I don't even know what it is. I'm just like. Do the Feed noodle me. thing. Yeah, do the noodle thing. The noodle thing. It's like kind of like stir fry situation. She does a couple nice numbers on salmon. Ah, She's out here, bro. Salmon boys. She's out here in the street preparing the salmon boy. The salmon boy. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's that's something I wanted to add I'm to glad. the discussion. I'm glad to hear it. I had a pretty good salmon boy last night at dinner. Yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. Was it a good salmon boy? Oh, uh, good salmon boy. Yeah. Did she be cooking, bro? I'm like... I literally am like, if she is not there to make it, it just won't get made. Like, if we have food that we bought, we fixed our fridge, which I've said already in the podcast. We haven't had a freezer for like seven months. Uh-huh. Having a freezer now, we've forgotten what a freezer. <laughs> we've just gotten so used to not putting things in the freezer that like we're learning again how to how to use a freezer. I'm glad you fixed that. It's really nice. That is good. We got a new fridge. I can't believe you didn't have a freezer for that long, dude. When's the last time you got a fridge delivered to your house? A while ago, I bet. Two or three apartments ago. Yeah. yeah. I it, it took two seconds. The entire process, I've never seen something go so well and wow. quickly and easily. And like our building's a pain in the ass, too. We need to get certificate of insurance and right. this bullshit. Right. Um, you guys have to do that, too? I think so. Probably, right? I think we did. Uh, the thing that really is not as easy, man, one time moving our, my piano into a second floor of a walk-up apartment was not easy that sounds terrible that was tough um but dude literally like i could have like you could have gone and done the simplest task and come back and like the entire process of the fridge removing the old fridge replacing the new fridge two seconds wow done amazing so anyway 
Things aren't as hard as they seem sometimes. Yeah, no more sympathy for refrigerator delivery men. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to hear about gorillas. Yeah, bro. let me, let me, let me. I want to get through my shit because, <laughs> I oh my God, I just keep talking about it. And I, I'm sure people are like, man, haven't you done anything else in your life? <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's your honeymoon, bro. It yeah. requires a comprehensive, uh, you know, yeah. recap. Oh, I appreciate that. So, so we went to um, Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And you've been there. I have. And in fact, arriving in Rwanda, I thought, oh, I'm seeing pieces of Julio everywhere. <laughs> this is a path he's Sprinkles walked before. Sprinkles of Julio. To go to the genocide yeah. memorial and to know that you'd been there was interesting. Because I'm so far from home. Yeah, yeah. In such a remote place that I would never have thought I would get to in my life. And yet somebody that I talked to on a daily basis has done this. Did that make you feel more comfortable? It it was kind of fun. <laughs> I thought, oh, I, is that his cologne? Second Am I smelling degree that bonding. On his, is that his deodorant on that staircase over there? That's I don't know. funny, bro. We got to our lodge for the gorilla trekking. It was a three and a half hour drive from Kigali on winding roads. I got a little car sick. Didn't love it. Journey felt like... a. Uh, Pretty big, yeah, pretty yeah. big time journey. So we drove from Kigali to the area where our lodge was, which is three and a half hours away. And it, it's back roads, winding roads into the mountains, all of this through, you know, I think some huge portion of the country is agrarian. They're all farmers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tons of farms and yeah, stuff. And they all subsist on farming. And um, which meant that for a huge, I don't know, 80% of that three and a half hour drive, I mean, the the roads were packed with people, packed with people who have bicycles, which they have laden with sugarcane stalks, huge bags of sweet potatoes, cabbages, whatever it is. And they're walking their packed bicycle and pushing it up a hill for miles to a market where they're then trading whatever they've got for some other good to then bring it back to a different market where they get a better price for that. Mm. It is challenging labor i mean there was a huge contrast between the luxury of our tourism and the immediate surrounding of 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 work and livelihood Mm -hmm. um to the degree that you become self-conscious about it i certainly did Mm -hmm. where when we drove to do the gorilla trekking we go in we do the gorilla trekking which i'll tell you about you come back out, you're in this very poor town, and you park your car, and then you go do the gorilla trekking. You get back to your car. Your driver had set up a white tablecloth over a folding table with a bottle of champagne and two champagne glasses, and he pours you a glass of champagne. It's noon. A number of people from that town, that village, have just collected to watch you and they're like this isn't something we see every day as you drink champagne at noon after having yeah yeah and and i'm like dude i don't we don't want this can we do this in the car i appreciate the touch but this is making me uncomfortable i don't want to be displaying such ridiculous you know who needs champagne at noon Mm-hmm. We don't even want that. We just mm-hmm. hiked. Right. I need water, maybe a Gatorade. Right. Um, 
and certainly not in front of all these people. So we would take a couple sips, and then I would give the bottle, the remaining bottle of champagne to one of the men, and then he and his buddies would pass it around and have a good time. And that was, I guess, nice. I don't know. But it was just like, oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Felt weird. Felt mm-hmm. weird about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, uh, pretty cool. Learned a lot about Rwanda. Milk is incredibly important. Cows are the height of of wealth in Rwanda to the degree that when the ethnic divide was determined primarily, by the way, by the, the colonial power. I think it was the Dutch mm-hmm. and then the Belgians came in. But the way that they said who was a Hutu versus who was a Tutsi was families that had 10 or more cows were Tutsi, 10 or, le- or nine or less were Hutu. So it was just a wealth divide. And then it became an ethnic thing. Mm. Um, Interesting. And when you get married in Rwanda, the dowry must be cows, even though people of means know that, like, well, why don't we just sell the cow and then give mm-hmm. the money? Because we can't even keep a cow on our land. It, it costs money to feed it and all that. But there is this still belief that, like, if as long as you have a cow, then you have milk which means you can provide food and drink for your family. Mm -hmm. And I asked our guide, I was like, do you drink milk? And he was like, yeah, I drink two liters a day. And I was like, dude, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, that's how I start my day. That's my breakfast. I drink two liters of milk a day. And he goes, my wife drinks six liters. Jesus. And that's why we have no health problems. I was like, dude, have you tried oat milk? (laughs) It's fucking delicious. (laughs) Um, But they drink tons of milk. Um, that was really interesting. The, there was a cool thing too, where like the lodge we were staying at, you know, which was super sick, um, had awesome breakfast spreads with to go sandwiches and like energy bars, granola bars, bites, all this. And they were like, pack your bag for your hike. Cause you're going to eat up on the mountain with the gorillas. And we would pick, we, we, we had read in some travel vlog thing, pack a bunch of extra sandwiches to give to your porters and the guides they'll appreciate it and so on on day on the second day that we went in we pe- i picked up like 14 sandwiches i was just stealing them from the lodge and went up there and was handing them out like i was you know the king of sandwiches people liked them that was cool the gorillas are the coolest thing ever yeah let's hear this is what i want i need to hear about these so the first day you get to select the difficulty of your hike is there any value to like does a more difficult hike get you a better gorilla situation uh you you can kind of like the different families where the families are de- determines where how hard the hike is mm. and to see them and certain families are better than others so someone has like scouted it out the, the trackers go up in the morning find mm. out where they are and then stay with them as they move through the forest to let you know where they are um and we said well you know on the first day we're pretty we're pretty fit people like we'd love to have a bit of a challenge i think we can we can handle a medium medium to hardish hike they said okay and we went and did it and it was fucking hard i told dude i told you there's fucking hikes out, yeah. out there are no joke it was now. an hour and like it was pretty much two hours and the ground is really soft and muddy you're, you're slipping falling, around fucking there's like yeah. no path dude yeah. it's like really you're ducking under you i mean there it's full-blown there were times where the the guide had to hack yeah bamboo out of the way in order for us to pass Did it rain not 
miraculously not on our two days of hikes. The next day, which was the only day we were in Rwanda and not doing the trek, poor. Dumped. Wow, it's really poor. lucky. I got lucky in that regard too. But I remember just like I fell so many times. I was like, whole, I, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to like get involved in your story, but this is a noteworthy thing to add. Like, you can always get involved okay. in my but story. But dude, I like a man. A, men were holding my hand. I was holding a man's yeah. hand. How often? That's how often I was slipping and falling. It's it's not easy. Um, I also they I like used the boots that they provided. Yeah, which were, like shitty. We brought pretty good like hiking boots, which I was really grateful that's for. A good move, the yeah. lodge gave us gaiters, which I was like, I don't need that. Mm. We fucking needed them totally because they're stinging nettles oh, that shit. crush you. What, they, are, what is that again? It's a little plant that has these tiny, tiny little fur-like needles. Oh, God. And it goes through your pants. Oh, God. And it will sting Jesus. for about 15 minutes, and then it goes away. But for that 15 minutes, you want to itch it. Did you, you got them? I, I happened to me a few times. They're unavoidable. Jesus. They're everywhere. Jesus. And they especially get your hands, so they tell you to wear thick rubber gloves, which I didn't have. But I don't know. Still pretty cool. Now... On our trek in, there was an Italian woman who was the single most annoying person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I knew she was going to be a problem. <laughs> like, I pegged it from the first five minutes. We were doing our orientation talk. The guide is talking, and she's trying to tag his jokes. Oh, God. Like, she's jumping in, and he'd be like, uh, we see the gorillas. <clears throat> they might be mating, a little push-push in the bush. And she'd be like, you know... I hope we get to see some of that, if you know what I mean. Okay. And he's like, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. This guy is doing his job. We're in Rwanda. We've all traveled from across the world to get here. You're not the guide. Shut up. And he's giving important safety briefings, and she's trying to make a mockery of it, you know? And we got into the car then to go to our spot. And this is how I knew she was going to be a problem. Sierra turned to me and said, I'm worried about that woman. <laughs> you're like, and all I'm right, like, it's not just if me. You're worried about that woman, and you are the as kind of a person as you are. You can't even imagine how how nervous I am. <laughs> and sure enough, dude, we walk, we went on this hike. She's talking the whole time. Did you split up with her eventually? You can't. So just that day, you were with her the whole time. Terrible. To the degree that we would stop every, you know, and we get to the gorillas, and she's. She's talking, you know, the guide is like, okay, we're here. They're, they're right around that corner. Um, now, here's the thing. We're going to, like, leave our everything you don't need other than your camera. Leave your bag here. Do this. We communicate with the silverback to let him know we're okay. To let him know we're okay, we say, <clears throat> and if he's okay and it's a good time for him and he wants us to see his family and it's fine, he will respond. <clears throat> That's crazy. But if it's not a good time, he's going to go, ah, ah, ah. Ah, which is bad news. And then if he starts sucking air into his lungs and filling his chest, which means he's going to start pounding his chest and then charge at you, you need to get on your knees and avoid eye contact. Jesus. To submit and let him know that he's the alpha. Now, as he's explaining this to us, this woman is looking for opportunities to make fucking jokes or being like, you know, oh no, like, oh, I hope we get to see that. I'm going to pound my chest back and let him know who I am. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I, I turned to her and I went, can you stop? I need to hear this. Oh, what'd she do? She kind of shut up. She was like, oh, you know, but it didn't deter her, dude. That did not put the lid on it. I went straight to her. I was, I was firm yet fair. I was firm yet fair. I was like, warning sign. Please. I said, I, I said, please stop. I need to hear this. Because it was a safety briefing. 
mm-hmm. for wild animals, which I have been trying to see for six years. Mm-hmm. We have paid thousands of dollars to come see them. This is the moment. We are on the doorstep of the wild gorillas, and some court jester is demanding the spotlight. She so was she, alone? She was with a friend, an American, and I did turn to her, and I said, is that your friend? Hint, hint. And she goes, yeah, she can be a lot. Oh, funny. And we got, dude, this only gets worse. <laughs> this gets worse. So we get to the gorillas, right? First encounter with them. They're running around. They're playing. Little babies, uh, adolescents, mischievous, rolling around. Totally fine with the humans. Totally fine with us. We're kind of, you know, keeping our distance. Now, again, I know we have an hour with them. I don't know how long that's going to feel. I don't know if we're going to accomplish in an hour everything that we want with the gorillas, right? So I'm a little nervous. I feel the clock ticking, and I'm thinking, okay, there's there's seven people in this group, seven hikers that came in. It's me, Sierra, another cool dude, uh, the American girl, the Italian nightmare, and then another couple who's like perfectly fine. And I'm thinking, okay, we're all gonna we're all gonna be gracious to each other. Everyone's gonna take turns getting the best view, right? This Italian woman thought she was alone on this trip. Like we'd have a very thin view into a dense thicket of the family of gorillas and it was like only one person could view in there at a time. She would rush to the front and not move to the point where it was like, okay, I guess we're just not seeing those gorillas. Oh God, that's so crazy. And then they're like, like I'd be taking a picture of Sierra or the guide would be like, would you like a picture? And you know, we would set up to have a photo with like the massive silverback behind us. And she would get in the fucking picture behind us. She'd like photo bomb us or, or like get behind us and take a Give picture. Give you bunny ears. Yeah. Not even like, but dude, not even that. She would just like, she would just not care that a photo was being taken and she would just get in the photo and face the gorilla. And dude, she, I, I don't even know how to describe to you how bad it was. That sounds pretty But she was so obnoxious and and so intent, so utterly indifferent to other people. Just a terrorist. That sucks. Making it about herself. Dude. So wait, I take it that the gorilla went, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah, he did. And then at one point, she she told her friend, take a picture of me, take a picture of me. And she did a fake karate kick at the gorillas. The guide said, don't do that. And she goes, what? He didn't even react. Oh, my God. This is the African guide, the Rwandan guide, whose living is to see these gorillas and protect them on a daily basis. Then, a couple minutes later, and I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, fuck's sake, is nobody going to say anything? Is nobody going to stop this woman from terrorizing this, these, this group of gorillas? And then, a couple minutes later, dude, the, she, we, we, we got to the silverback finally, who, by the way, was... Unbelievable. I mean, just a completely different order of magnitude animal. 700 Huge. pounds. Regal. Like, How big are we talking? Like, dude, just, enormous. Just huge. Like, would it fit in this room? Yeah, yeah. But like... Yeah. <laughs> no, but like... It's like, muscle. It's muscle. Yeah, yeah. But like, if it was standing, how tall is it? I mean... It's more girthy than... He kind of walks around on all fours and... Got it. But his arms are huge, right? 
Dude, look at this guy. Wow. I mean, how old is this thing? Uh, they can they they get to like I don't know I think twenties thirties. How, how many of them are? How many like silverbacks? Sixteen. Are there? So some families have multiple, but if they have multiple, it's usually because the alpha silverback has had sons that have grown to the age of silverback. Do the fathers and sons get along? They do. And here's something interesting. Sometimes the young sons get to an age where they want to mate with one of the wives of the alpha silverback. Of their dad? Yeah. But they won't do it in front of him because if they do, he'll fight them. So they go do it in secret, right? Jesus. As the guides put it, push, push in the bush. And then if the wives know that they're pregnant, they are very smart and they will immediately go mate with the alpha silverback to make him think he's the one who he's the father of their children god bro these hoes be trifling how about that huh (laughs) that's crazy um that's crazy and then if a silverback goes off sometimes the young uh, adolescent silverbacks like i think the the headed silverback will choose like an heir to take over and protect the family and the ones that he doesn't choose might leave to go find their own mates and own families and stuff and if they come into a family that's already made and they get accepted by the wives or whatever, they will murder all the offspring, the babies, of the previous alpha silverback because they want their own bloodline to populate that family. Wow, Jesus. So wait, the, what happened to the other one again? What happened to the other alpha silverback? He, had to fight, he fought him? What do you mean? Like he left that his family. That one might have died okay, okay. or or so something like might orphaned. have he, okay. they get sick. Like they get yeah. pneumonia, yeah. they get they get human diseases, which is why we had to wear masks. Mm. Because not only can we transmit diseases to them, they can give us diseases. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's twenty I think there's twenty gorilla families in Rwanda. Twelve of them have been habituated to humans, which takes quite a process. Okay. Um they're accustomed, they can be visited, but it's all frankly, for their own conservation, because this was a critically endangered species mm-hmm. 30 years ago. They got down to 200, and now they're in the, over 1,000. Wow. Um, and they're celebrated. They're mm-hmm. celebrated by the whole country. They have names and shit, right? There was a big naming ceremony right when we got there, and all these celebrities came in, including Leo? The, the now king of England, ah, and Camilla, Charles. King George, Charles, and Didier Drogba, oh. the Chelsea legend, who was sitting at a lunch table directly next to us the day that we arrived at our lodge. Dude, I saw him in Monte Carlo. We both saw that's a, f- a really funny random thing How that we that? both saw Didier Drogba in the same year. Yeah, in different countries. And I knew who he was too. <laughs> I was like, "That's Didier Drogba." I did not, even though he's shaved his head since. I did not, and the guy playing blackjack next to us nudged Hillary and told her that it was Didier Drogba. He no did not way. tell me because he's trying to flirt with the pretty young girl and wow. didn't care about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last thing this Italian woman did, she saw the silverback and started pounding her chest. And the, the guide said, if you do this, I can't protect you. And it is not my job anymore if you will not listen to and me. And had she already karate kicked? She had already done that and been yelled at for How it. old is she? 35. Jesus, dude. Dude, I've never met someone this obnoxious. That's so annoying. And she was like, she was like, what? I'm just being funny. Oh, my God. I wanted like to the fucking most... kill her, dude. I wanted the gorillas to kill her. I wanted to help them. <laughs> I mean, bro, thank God she wasn't American, at least. No. Because you're like fucking Americans of traveling around being turkeys. Dude, at least she was fucking Italian. Which, dude, sometimes Italians can really be a handful. 
but she Chris, spoke as Chris knows. perfect <laughs> English, like with a with a hint of an accent. She had a, definitely a hint of an accent. What he thinks he's funny? Not not even that strong. She had studied in and she had like a degree like British? in British. Oh, okay. No, okay. it was okay. like you could tell she was not American, but but her English was pretty damn fluent. Could barely tell. Yeah. But she, man, I don't know. So it was tough. It was tough. And and I, it was that whole time I just thanked God that we were going again the next day. Let me ask you this. If the gorilla had reacted to her pounding and kicked her ass, would he then take it out on the rest of the group? I don't think so. Interesting. They're chill as hell, man. They're chill. They're chill. chill. And they won't. Fuck, they're so because every day a group of people visits them for one hour, right? But it's only one group of people. Do they throw them anything, any like snacks or something? No, no incentives. It's You're not fine. allowed to touch them. They're still no, wild. not you. I'm saying like the the like the guys running the show. Like, no. do they? They don't. There's no incentives for the gorillas. What they'll do though is if they see that one of them has like broken a leg or gotten sick, they'll treat it. And what they'll do is they'll 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 shoot it with like a trank gun anesthetize it chase the rest of the family off and then they will treat the wounded gorilla for days um but they'll follow the family to the degree that as the gorilla comes back around they will reintroduce it to the family healed and so are they like thrilled to see the guy like at they, this point do they know that that's what they do like are they I don't know if is they there get trauma that. I don't know if they get what's going on there but no I don't think that most of the gorillas now are as fearful I think the wild ones might I mean I'm, I think there still is poaching but it's weird it's not it's not killing them it's kidnapping the babies and then sending them to like exotic animal farms uh, like tiger king yeah around the world china mm-hmm. america and you know having baby up. gorillas in zoos and shit or like rich people's homes jesus yeah that's crazy Dude, what's your rule of threads item of the week oh boy i'm going with the gray joggers bro yeah the gray joggers the gray joggers i got they got that little side pocket that i can yeah. put some tic tacs in hard oh hard, hard. is right hard i'm hard getting excited to finally wear <laughs> to finally wear my tech jacket oh uh, which i know you have one of those too as tech it starts, nine. To get a little, it starts to get a little cooler yeah yeah uh it's a good thing to throw on there i also really dude the polo shirt it's a solid move. It's I know I keep bad. making celebrity association moments here, but I picture the the episode, some episode of some YouTube thing where Rafael Nadal uh. shows some yacht guy his yacht. Oh. Walks him around and he's wearing a nice little polo. And I was like, you know how Rafa could have stepped it up? Wearing a Rule of Threads polo right here. Damn. Especially on his fit bod, dude. Yeah, he look he's amazing. got a good bod. If you don't a... have a fit bod, it makes you look like you have one. It sure which does. Which is a great thing. Yeah, the the all everything from Rule of Threads threads is really just standing out in my closet it's always the top of my pile because i wear it and then i want it again so quickly that i don't wash it yep you're darn right throw it right back up there i wear it all the time it's my leisure wear it's my outer wear it's my good feeling wear clean premium menswear basics go to ruleofthreads.com promo code oops 15 percent off your order ruleofthreads.com promo code oops 15 percent off when we were driving to where you start the gorilla hike we, I was sitting in the front seat. We're driving on these dirt roads. There are people everywhere and lots of kids. And the kids will run along the car and wave at you and yell, Amakuru, 
which means rich white person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a term of affection, supposedly. Interesting. Interesting. And they've been taught this because it's been impressed upon them that the tourism that has now come to the region is very good for everybody. Right. It trickles down to the markets, to the farmers, to the teachers, to the schools, all of this. Everyone's benefiting from the fact that the Amakuru are there. And in fact, the term also applies weirdly to anyone, even from Rwanda, who has kind of like made it into a different industry or wealth class. So our driver, who now works solely in um, hospitality, like his friends all call him Amakuru because he speaks English and he's like paid in tips and you know works makes makes a lot of money. Um, so I kind of got excited about this and I was like enjoying it and all these kids waving at me, smiling at me. And I was like yelling back. Like I was, I was, I was learned how to say thank you. And, uh, and they, and I was saying that and saying it back and they were like giggling and all this. It was really cool. We even drove by a school at one point and it was like 50 kids. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, I felt like, I felt like Michael Scott, uh, in the, in the Scott's tots episode. Where he's just so overcome by like the respect and adulation he's receiving from all these kids that he's promised scholarships to <laughs> that he's like caught up in the moment. Anyway, it's really cool. Awesome. But we then drove by a kid who was with two of his buddies. He was probably like 12. And they were amakuru, waving, smiling. And as he's waving, he then gave me the finger. <laughs> but with a big smile on his face. And I started laughing. Like being naughty. Yeah. And I started laughing. And our guide, our driver, said, what are you, what's so funny? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that little kid gave me the finger. He slams uh, on his brakes. I go, wait, what? He goes, that's not right. He can't do that. And I'm like, what the fuck? No, it's fine. I think he's just kidding. He goes, no. Rolls down his window. Hails a woman who's like in the doorway. She goes, he goes, mama, mama. And then he says something to her in Kinyarwanda. Yeah. And is like, yo, you got to go discipline that kid. He gave my guest the finger. And she was like, you're right. Absolutely. And she walked back and smacked that kid in the head. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. A little shit. That's and I was like, I was like, that, that didn't bother me. Like, it's fine. He goes, it doesn't matter. They need to know that we we respect our guests here in Rwanda. It goes against like our, our ethos of welcoming everybody, all of that. Uh, and he needs to know that that's not the right thing to do. Um, I'm like, okay, Jesus, we drive another 20 minutes. We pass another kid who does exactly the same thing. Finger, right? <laughs> this time don't I don't say, say anything. <laughs> we keep driving. We pass a third kid, a girl who does it. The driver sees her do it, slams on his brake, does the same thing, yells to a woman like, yo, go hit that girl. And the one, the mother or the woman was like, oh, don't worry about her. She's got mental problems. Her brain is like addled or something. Gag. And then my guide was like, or my driver was like, oh, yeah, no, I guess we don't have to worry about oh, I that. I forgot about her. She yeah, doesn't, yeah. you know. And I'm like, what? She doesn't Mental count. problems manifest by people giving the finger. Anyway. But what we would learn, which was so fascinating, was that there is this community effort 
to raise the children. And it stems from the fact that when the genocide happened in 1994, instantly tens and tens of thousands of children became orphan mm. orphans. So families and, the, and these kids, they're you know three years old. They have no idea who their uncles or aunts are. They don't know their own names. They don't know who they can call to raise them. So the whole nation as one decided, okay, we're going to parent these kids together. We're going to, I'm going to adopt two kids. I'm going to take in kids, all this. And since then there has main, there's been this idea that like we all together as a community raise the children. So in, in line with that, everybody can discipline everyone else's children. And he, our driver was like, yeah, if my kids gave the finger to someone, I would expect mm, and hope got it, got it. that if my neighbor were around and I weren't, he they would, would go oh, hit okay. them. Interesting. So I was like, Not oh, this case here. Huh? It's kind of an interesting It's an interesting approach. Wrinkle. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say it could be a nice thing. Like, especially like Hillary's family is sort of like that. Like she's super close with her like growing up, she was really close with her aunt and uncle, and like her aunt and uncle had the jurisdiction, I, I believe, to like discipline, like not to like you smack the shit out of them, obviously, but just like you know whatever they they could talk to them the way they talk to their yeah, uh, like they could talk to the, the relationship was similar to a parent relationship with a parent. I didn't have just like that. a night. I didn't either, but it's nice. It's kind of there's something nice about having that like big close. You know, yeah, it's like an interesting thing. It it does really lend credence to the the saying of uh, "it takes a village." Yeah, know. totally. Um, wait, really so sad. what were your personal interactions like with the gorillas? So I was giving them the <clears throat> thing the whole time. You continued to do that. Oh yeah, you let them know the whole time. <clears throat> like every couple minutes, you throw them another one. And are you you're encouraged to do that? Yeah, so, yeah, and like the so silverback, everybody's sitting there doing that. Yeah, the silverback <laughs> comes back. And by the way. Later on, when Sierra and I would make love, we would make that sound to each other, <laughs> which was kind of fun. That was kind of fun. That not going to lie. That was fun. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so You should start going, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the gorillas, I mean, dude, they're just awesome. They eat. They play. You know... They, you're in their path without knowing which way they're going to go. And if they want to come through where you're standing, like that's happened to Sierra. And one of them just bopped her on the knee. <laughs> they kind of just like swing their arms like like toddlers. You know, they're just like, ah, you know. And they're really fucking cool. They're so human. They are hilarious. Um, and it's just magical. It's mm. like, oh, th this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's great. It. I hate to say this. It kind of blew the lions out of the water, which <laughs> I mean, is what I wanted. Think of this. There's an entire tourism industry that has sprung up as a result of one species in mm -hmm. Rwanda. That's the only reason people are really going. Whereas in Kenya, you're seeing 40 amazing animals. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really, and it was, it totally met my imagination and exceeded what i expected it to be well didn't you say that one of the the gorillas like jo like jokingly punched sierra yeah it bopped something? her on the knee that, oh okay, okay okay yeah that's yeah. okay that's like that's a fun oh and by the way the italian girl saw that happen 
and then was trying to elicit it and then got it herself like a 20 minutes later and she was like pretty cool not many people can say that they've been hit on the knee by a gorilla and i'm like my fucking wife can yeah she did it first (laughs) so then you did not have to see her again the second day is it like it's the same thing but we went to a different family you're psyched for it and we know the process and we asked for an easier hike and that day, not the first day, we drove like an hour and a half to the starting point and an hour and a half home. And that was kind of like, geez, this is crazy. Second day, we asked our guy, we were like, is there a closer starting point and a slightly easier hike? And they were like, sure, no problem. And they brought us to a different family. This time, it was only a 25-minute drive. And we hiked for 40 minutes. Wow. And we were with the family. Cool. It was easy. It was really easy. And the family was awesome. Um, this one had three silverbacks. Um not not it not one not an alpha that was this is like the biggest alpha of all the habituated families so to see him like that's the king kong um and yeah man it was really really cool uh these the second family we saw was like eating a lot more than mm-hmm. playing and that was pretty cool they the babies ride around on the backs of the adults mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool swinging through the bamboo trees i got some cool pictures man yes, dude. sick i um, see more of them yeah that's dope and uh and then we left rwanda and uh went on to mozambique which i won't spend much time talking about that i mean we it was beachy it was mm-hmm. i will say that like we thought by flying all the way from rwanda down to south africa and then out to mozambique that we would be finding a more unique off the beaten path beach honeymoon piece than say the Seychelles or Mm. you know Mauritius or whatever and when we got to Mozambique our our hotel our lodge on the beach which was like 20 huts and very boutique it was like 18 American couples on honeymoon that's crazy that's so funny it could not have been more us Everybody with the same idea. Right, right. But Which those, is funny that yeah. that's like a thing. I think Americans you know? feel that South Africa is the most accessible part of Africa. <laughs> so a lot of them do their safari down there in Kruger, you know, places like that. And then they go for their beach portion out to Mozambique right. because it was only an hour and a half flight yeah, out there. Makes sense. Interesting, dude. Yeah, it's funny how like there's always a new thing. Because like, dude, even like... When we were younger, I mean, maybe I just wasn't in the mix yet, but like, I don't think people were going to Seychelles for their honeymoon yet. Yeah. Like, that's become like a popular place. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So it's um, like trying to uncover new whatever. Yeah. Uh, we, we thought Mozambique would be really unique and all that. And it still was. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we like the snorkeling was like mind blowing. There was a great moment where, we, you know, we went, we were snorkeling over this awesome reef, incredible diversity of, of fish life. And, big turtles sierra's obsessed with turtles me and our guide that we were with were like diving under with our snorkels and patting the turtle on the back and i was like you know the the waves were a little rough and i was like telling sierra she got to do it and she was like i don't know i don't know if i can and she did it and we were just going fucking nuts for her because she got to like rub the back of the turtle and i don't know it was a really great moment and then like the second to last night this other couple had gone out on a fishing trip with you know sponsored by the lodge or whatever and we watched them come in off the boat at like 1 p.m. as we were having lunch. And they had a huge cooler 
and out of the cooler they just pulled six gigantic tuna mm. they oh, caught. Wow, and sick. then that night we had sashimi sushi and tuna steaks wow. from their catch that day mm. dude it that's was that's sick bomb that's sick the freshest fish i mean unbelievable and then we flew home and uh that was our honeymoon awesome, awesome. man awesome awesome yeah it's nice to and to to cap off the adventures with a little beach time yeah chilling well we needed it because kenya and rwanda those animal mo- the you know days it is very adventure heavy you're up yeah. at five in the morning you know, six a.m you're going you're hiking you're you're driving around jostling there's no yeah. even our dinners at night we'd be so exhausted yeah. that there's no like longing gazes of like can you believe we just got married yeah it's like jesus do we asleep. even want to drink like let's yeah. just go to bed at eight thirty. how many of those nights were you drinking Pretty much every night. Every single night. But we one or two. One night or two. Cap. I mean, we would we would be tired, dude. Yeah. We were. Sm- I was battling with the jet lag for the time change for the first like five days. Mm. I'm not great at that. It's pretty significant. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's not easy. My like the the. What did did you try to do anything in particular to like get used to it? Uh. Yeah. I mean, I was taking. Um, I would take like a little, you know, half a Xanax or whatever, uh, just to try to keep myself asleep. Cause we were, it was really hard to stay awake till like nine o'clock. And I knew that if I fell asleep at seven, I would wake up at midnight and be wired, which mm-hmm. happened one of the nights. And then you wake in by like 3 PM, you're toast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finally, like you just kind of extend half an hour, an hour each morning until you're finally waking up at, you know, 5, 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough, dude. I My trick is, like, if I sleep on the flight or not, like, I, I typically don't really. And, like, mm-hmm. then when you arrive wherever you're going, you, like, hit the hard nap. Especially if you get in, like, you know, 11. Because you usually have a couple little administrative things you need to do. Sort some stuff out. Hit that nap hard and make sure that you, like, go to dinner. And you'll yeah. fall asleep again. Yeah, that's like I mean it's it's not foolproof, but no. it definitely works. It, it it was a battle, but dude, you know, awesome honeymoon. Truly glad we did a full two weeks. Do you in have Africa. like a like a tagline takeaway from it, or or something? Is there like one thought that you like have? Is it how are you? How have you changed? I don't know something, anything like that. Um, you know something? I uh, this is not the sort of hashtag or overarching thought but i will say that um in rwanda especially i saw a lot of mothers who had young children toddlers that were strapped to their backs they like wear them around Mm -hmm. their backs that's how they put their like papoose or whatever it's like a little backpack yeah in a in a sort of cloth and these women were tilling fields swinging you know scythes farm equipment and working hard manual labor with these babies strapped to their backs and it made me think boy you know maybe parenting isn't as hard as i thought (laughs) like over here everyone's like oh 
Yeah, yeah. keeps waking up at three in the morning. It's like, yo, try fucking farming yeah. the land with your baby and your strapped to your back. We have yeah. it pretty fucking good over here. Um, so I don't know. That was one thought, and then also just like, you know, being with my wife for two straight weeks nonstop with like nobody else around and getting along the entire time. It's like, oh yeah. I married the right person. That's fun. That's fun. Did you have any vacation scuffles? There was like one day, I don't even know what it, I can't, I couldn't remember one little tiff that we instantly laughed off because Mm -hmm. it's like, look where we are. You know, Mm -hmm. this is amazing. Plus you're just exhausted for a while. Um, which always makes me a little more combative, but yeah, man. Um, I think, I think that, Africa gave me a a real appreciation for the comfort of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it gave me a much starker understanding of what hard work really is. Um, it also reminded me of how I don't need as much shit as I think I need. Mm-hmm. Um, that a lot of my material wants are bullshit. Uh, and that ultimately, cause I had the thought of like, okay, well we could move to Mozambique, start a little fishing chartering company, or like maybe build a little five room boutique in here for honeymooners, run it, make way less than we make right now and be very happy for the mm-hmm. rest of our lives. Theoretically, you're marooning yourself, but this idea that I need to make this much more, I need to make this much more by this age in order for us to have a happy family. I have to increase my salary X. It's like, no, you can change your circumstances and yeah. live well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I think it's important to, that's why I think it's important to get out there. You know what I mean? I know like, obviously I'm going to say that, but like you need perspective and like, so you're, you get bogged down by a lot of nonsense and you'll come back and you'll forget all the lessons you learned. Like you won't, you'll remember them, but you won't feel them right. the way that you do. And, uh, try to hang on to it as long as you can. Yeah, man. Because, uh, you know, it's only a matter of time until you start walking by that window and I know, dude. see that fucking know. piece in the piece hanging there, spinning around on the little display. <laughs> and you're like, I need that. I need that thing. Um, that's great, too. Guys, if you're not drinking Oops Beans from Brooklyn Roasting Company at this point and you're still listening to the podcast, you know something? Shame on you. <laughs> For shame. On you. Why have you not tried our incredible coffee at Brooklyn Roasting? What more do we need to say? What are you doing? The finest coffee beans from Ethiopia and Sumatra. Sumatra. Dude, I saw a great. Somebody posted on their store Instagram story today just themselves dumping the oops bean can into a coffee grinder yeah and it was like a boomerang it was one of the most satisfying things i've ever seen like asmr yeah if you if you post a sick video um of yourself with the oops beans doing some cool shit we will repost it Mm -hmm. just so you know so that's uh, a promise yeah you got to go to brooklynroastingcompany.com where you use promo code oops beans yeah quick quick uh it's it's brooklynroasting.com sorry no worries that's easy easy fix there 
BrooklynRoasting.com, promo code? Oops Beans. What does that get you? That will get you 5% off your order. Not only the Oops Beans off of anything you buy from Brooklyn Roasting. Sure they have does. amazing different coffees. Uh, it's a really fun thing to kind of try out a different couple, I, kind of different flavors. Exactly, guys. And this is the time of the year for a, a delicious espresso martini. So you should really use it because it makes it so well. Uh, get the Oops Beans or any coffee or any espresso from Brooklyn Roasting. Promo code Oops Beans. Enjoy it. So, dude, I have something funny. I, we have a little bit of time here. So, we have 10 minutes left. Tell us about your entire time in yeah. Afghanistan. <laughs> we're going to have to We're going to have to push it. We're going to have to push nah, it. You can fit it in, Julia. We're going to have on. to push it. Come on. Um, I only needed four episodes to tell my fucking honeymoon <laughs> story. Um, well, first of all, okay, a couple things. So, we, Hillary and I went to uh, the movies. It's not as interesting necessarily as a honeymoon, okay. but we're, this we're is back good. on earth. So we went to the movies. We, I was looking forward to spending the night with her. I've been doing a ton of spots and it's nice to have a night when you've been doing spots every single day to like, then you have nothing to do, Yeah, which is funny when you don't have, like when you're not that busy, then having nothing to do doesn't feel that good. Right. But when you are, okay. So I'm like, I would like to spend the night with you. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I was like, what do you want to do? I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, should we go to the movie? She's like, sure. I was like, what do you want to see? And she's like, she says some movie I've never heard of. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go see that. I eventually figure out while I'm sitting with you, which by the way, that was a whole thing too. So, um, so I'm with Francis at the comedy club. Anyway, so this is the movie uh, with Harry Styles and What's the Olivia Wilde, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Yeah, Don't Worry Darling. Um, I had no idea what the movie was like. I'm actually not going to tell you anything about it because it's fun to go in uh, in the dark. I thought it was great. Um, You saw it too, Ryan? No. Good man for not. Uh, Yeah, I loved it. Um, Cool. So, you know, I was sort of skeptical because I just for some reason assumed it was going to be a rom-com because Harry Styles was in it. (laughs) Hillary also just recently saw Harry Styles in concert and, like, loved the concert or whatever. So I was kind of like, all right, this is it. But no. So, like, I didn't even know. I didn't put two and two together about all the controversy. There's a bunch of shit going on with that movie, uh, which I'm not totally sure about. You guys probably have all heard about it. We can talk about it a little bit, I guess. But at the movie theater, it was, like, the most bizarre it must have just been filled with Harry Styles fans hmm. specifically because at the end of the movie, I looked and I actually took a video just in case like there was some way we were going to use that of all the entire theater just being like teenage girls. No way. Dude, in his dramatic scenes, the entire theater would just start laughing and applauding <laughs> in times that made no sense. And dude, I have a recording of it because I was like, what I need to hell? capture this because it happened probably 15 times in the movie. And I, I've marked it, and I'm going to play it for and you guys. And they're laughing? Dude, laughing and, like, applauding. at, And it was, like, laughing because they love him. Yeah. They're like, oh, look at him. They weren't, like, making fun of him. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure what you wanted, and you never text me back. Bro. That's not a funny moment in the movie. No. Like, you, you know what that reminds me of? It's dying like, laughing. It's like Beatlemania. Dude, it was crazy. No, it it's is. like little young women, girls who are so smitten with a person that they, they are, they're overcome. Yeah. But, okay, so yeah, dude, it was like really crazy to just see this like big star be bigger than a movie, which mm. honestly, I know people are, it's controversial as to whether or not it's good. I thought it was great. Mm. The genre is something I'm really, I typically, I tend to be into. I thought it was really solid. Florence Pugh, is that, am I saying that right? Yeah, Pugh. Phenomenal. Like P-U as one word, Pugh. Is it like P-E-W? No, it's P-U-G-H. 
Oh, wow. Pew. Pew. Uh, Dude, she's fucking great. Is she? Um, Boy, she's good in Midsommar. She is. That's a crazy movie. Yeah, crazy movie. Um, So anyway, highly recommend the movie. Prince, were you able to smuggle any athletic greens into Africa? I had to. You're you're allowed to bring athletic Of course you are. There's nothing in those incredible to-go packets of the world's most delicious gut-cleansing nutritional uh, formula that we have. Uh, from Athletic Greens that I think the uh, the powers that be in Africa would have take issue with. Yeah, man. I mean, I started taking Athletic Greens because it's a healthy habit. And it's for me, I'm a big momentum guy. If I've been doing something well for a few days, I'm going to keep doing it. Habits are built over short periods of time, but they're still significant periods of time. I mean, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one of the high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb, Francis. Mm. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar, Francis. No mm. GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it costs you less than three bucks a day. Uh-huh. You're investing in your health. And it's cheaper than some of your other habits. So right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash oops. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash oops to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And okay, so am I allowed to talk about what was happening when we were before we went to see the movie at all? Uh, I, let's see if I can do it okay. without yeah. making anything bad. Okay. Francis ends up in the midst of a controversy that somehow... Huh. Go figure. <laughs> somehow... <laughs> what do you know? God forbid Francis can fucking live two weeks without causing a stir, dude. Causing a stir. So anyway, he kind of comes upstairs and we're sitting. I'm doing what I think Francis thinks I'm doing at a comedy club, which he's right about. Sitting at a table with seemingly nowhere to go and no <laughs> desire to go anywhere. <laughs> He's like, Julio just really enjoys this. And he just like, whatever. So he shows up. He's like, you guys are never going to believe this. And he basically just tells us this, like, for any of us at the table, what would have been just a horror scenario. And it's just like a Tuesday for Francis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd gotten in trouble and I'd been told off for it. But Francis is shook still. And, you know, all everybody at the table is sort of feeling for him, even sort of like. People who you're actually surprised how compassionate they're feeling for him. Mm. So we then decide how, like, we try to help him to figure out how to deal with the situation. We then sort of see him dealing with it over our shoulder, and everybody is just shook, dude. They're like, oh my God. They're like, I wish I could just crawl into a hole and die. Like, (laughs) oh no. We see him kind of trying, and he's, he maybe is pulling. We can't actually tell how it's going. Uh, And I think it was maybe going. Neutrally at, at the, that time, it was not going well. Yeah, it seemed like it wasn't going well, and no. it actually seemed like what was about to start was. So Francis does this thing where <laughs> he will apologize for something, but there's a chance that the way that you can, the way you react to the apology, will make him upset. And I was worried that that was happening. Yeah, like uh, listen, <laughs> you, I get to a point where where sometimes if I I know I've done wrong and I will apologize for the thing that I think I did wrong and and the thing I'm being accused of. But if you don't accept my apology, then I don't know what else we can do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, short of what, what do you want to become work for you? So here's like, my question. <laughs> what here's, am I supposed to do? Totally. So here's my question then. So is that what it is? Because you, one could argue, say you apologize and I'm like, I don't accept that. Then if you for you to get mad shows me that you didn't mean the apology. It's not that though. <laughs> 
It's not that. <laughs> if you said, I don't accept your apology, go fuck right, yourself, right. I would be like, all right, well, I get it. Well, okay, if I say I go it, fuck yourself, that's Whatever, different. I don't accept your apology, I'd be like, okay, I understand, I did wrong. Hopefully in time you will mm. forgive me right. again, I'm sorry, let's go our separate ways. Right. What I have had happen that is hard, that I don't like, is when I deliver... A, a very self-effacing and aware apology that is heartfelt and sincere. And I cover everything and I say, I understand why this was upsetting, right? And someone says, I really appreciate that. Thank you. All good. All good. But what did you, what, like, what about this? Mm-hmm. And they start like adding more things so you think to my they're taking advantage tab. they're taking advantage of the position that you're now in and they're like and it's they as if they're like they're like well wait hold on and 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 this part too don't leave that out you got to pay for that too and then i'll be like oh you're right no of course and if you keep and if you're like yeah no that's okay all right thank you and then they're and then they keep I've had this happen where it's like someone will be like they they accept your apology, but then keep asking you to apologize for more things where you're like, hang on a second. I've given you everything that I feel I need to apologize for. And now you're just degrading me. Mm-hmm. In a way, right, right, right. You're yeah. kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Bake, bake, asking like, oh, me to you're grovel, like insulting you. You're asking and, yeah, me yeah, to yeah. like get on my knees and grovel for your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to debase myself. I do agree that I did something wrong, and I will. I have apologized for it, and I do apologize for it. But if that's not enough, mm-hmm. I can't help you beyond what I've given you. Right. And then I've done that before, and then they're mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they're mad. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know where the line is. Like, where are you? What are you? How far are you supposed to just give in? Is well, it, yeah, it's, is okay. it constant? So there's there's a couple of things. So if you apologize, right, and you give a nice apology, great, okay, accept it. Also, here are some other things that upset me. There's a way to sort of like conduct yourself and, th- and make it into a discussion. If there are on stones that need to be over uh, unturned or whatever, and I think you'd probably be open to that. It's it's more of the like uh, taking advantage of the situation that sounds as if is the thing yeah. that upsets you. Where it's like, oh yeah, I bet you're fucking sorry, you fucking dick. Well, <laughs> it's more like like there are things that might come up where I disagree. Where I'm like, oh, actually, that thing you were okay, now asking okay. me for an apology for. I don't agree. About I that don't part. think that that I that I was wrong there. Okay, but if you if you stop. Then they get mad, and then the whole apology is thrown out the window because mm. they're just leaving with with this thought that you have not offered a full apology. And maybe those some people aren't aren't always ready to be apologized. Can to. I give you an example of right? this? Yes. When I was in seventh grade, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! We were playing Capture the Flag. It's a good game. There was a free safe <laughs> alley along game. the side, right? That you could be on on your opponent's side. And there were people who would always guard me because I was pretty fast. And there were a couple girls in my grade that I was friends with who were like assigned to guard me. And I was in seventh grade. And they were like, why don't you come on out? 
You afraid? You going to stay in the alley all day? This was right around the age where I had sort of discovered foul language and was using it a little more liberally. And I think I said something like, the only way you could get me to come out there is if you pull me out by my penis. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't say it sexually. It was, I was in, I was 12. I wasn't being like, why don't you give me a hand job? I was like, you know, the only way is if you drag me out by my dick, basically. I said that, right? Those four girls went and immediately told on me. Oh, wow. And I got pulled in, I think, by, by the penis? way. No, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hey. uh, by the way, I forgot. I said it specifically to one girl who had said the initial, like, come on out, you're a coward, blah, blah, blah. Right? The other three girls were not even around, I don't think. The one girl immediately went and told on me. I got sent to the principal's office. I'm in there, right? She's telling me, like, we're going to have to talk about this. As I'm sitting there, all four girls came in, right? And they started, like, the principal sat them down and started asking them each individually why what I had said had hurt them. And the first girl that I had said it to was like, you know, obviously you said it to me. It hurt my feelings. And I was like, yep. Okay, next. Fair. I'm sorry. The next girl was like, when I heard that you had said this to Maddie, I just, it bummed me out because you're my friend. And I was like, why the fuck is this girl in here? (laughs) I said something like that. I didn't say fuck, but I was like, these three are not offended. I was not, I did not tell any of you to grab my There's not collateral offense. I actually think they were on my team in the game. I ended up having to do community service, which meant dusting the books in the library at this fucking private school. So for them to give me community service was so preposterous. It's like, all right, you really want me to do community service? Send me to a soup kitchen. I'll go there. Don't go have me dust up these pristine books that were just bought. What the fuck are we talking about here? I'm certain I was... That's also not community service. Exactly. serving the fucking... It's like, let's go polish the toe of the statue of our founder. Get the fuck out of here. I'm certain I was the only student at that school that had ever done community service. And it was probably something they just stumbled upon for that occasion. Yeah, that's annoying. I cannot believe it took us this long to get to this story. That's a true story. I'm saying it took us 300 and how many episodes? 46. 346 episodes to get to the pull by the penis story. It's, I'm shocked. By the way, I'm dumb. For the record, and I hope I can say this, I got I I got in trouble a lot growing up. I was always getting trouble for shit like this. You know, whatever. I too sort of did too. This this was one where my dad after pulled me aside because I was like crying because I was like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, what am I? I, I you know, obviously I knew it fucked up, but like. Does that really warrant, like, I I had, you know, four free periods or, like, eight free periods taken away from me, and I loved playing tetherball and, like, soccer and during the, you know, our recess or whatever, and now I had to go to the library to dust these books. Mm -hmm. My dad pulled me aside and was like, this was the first time where he was like, I don't think you did anything wrong here. (laughs) He was fundamentally like, we're going to deal with this, but, like. You're fine. You're okay. Like in the future, just don't tell girls to grab your pecker. Yeah, yeah. And he, <laughs> oh, he was like, he was like uh, to have an, uh, an authority figure, my, uh, my father, on my side against these, this like jury of my peers 
was a very it was the first time in my life where an adult was like I disagree with the way that the punishment was meted out mm. and I disagree with the verdict and where I was like oh it, it's not universal mm. not everyone oh, there's right, no right, consensus right, right. among adults yeah about whether a child has done something wrong necessarily it was the first time in that age that I had seen that Mm-hmm. which was a really eye-opening moment. Because then you start to think, well, maybe not everyone's right. And maybe I can stand up for myself when I think a punishment is wrong. And not everything that an adult says is correct. Right, right, right. What a big moment, dude. You unlocked the portal. But it is true. I mean, I think it's it's interesting. Like, there were times where I thought that the teachers were wrong. And they may very well have been. I like don't remember specifics. But, like... That is also a shitty parent to be like, you need to toe the line. Well, of like being objective. Yeah. Whereas like the kids whose parents thought they were right, tend to be like the shittiest people I know pretty consistently. Right. Even as adults. Um, but just automatically going with this fucking random adult to teach your kids a lesson isn't always correct. So it's good that he used some discretion. No, there were, there were other, there were lots of other things I got in trouble for where my parents were like, yeah, you have to, that was dumb. You, they're right. And then that one was like, yeah, I mean, this feels a little bit like an overreaction. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, let's wrap it up here. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what do you got for us, pal? Quick today. Facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Pull me out by my penis, Ryan. (laughs) Were they lying? Scott's Tots Office, episode 12 from season six. Nice. And that's the office, right? That's yeah. the office. And then we talked about this a couple weeks ago about Rotten Tomatoes and the discrepancy between the tomato scores and then the audience sure. score. The movie you saw, Don't Worry Darling, when the scores originally came out, it got a 38% by the official people that the are critics. the official. Yeah, the critics. Audience score seventy seven. Okay, so uh-huh. big discrepancy. The style. I'm gonna go see it after up, yeah. after hearing I, what I you said. Okay. I liked it. Um, great. Yeah. What do you got, Francis? Is that it, Ryan? That's it. Wow, we were very of, accurate we were, today. We were killing it. We were very accurate we today. Were Only it. two Good facts episode, right. boys. Um, October 14th, 15th, Wise Guys in Utah, and then uh, October twentieth, and the Evening News in Charlotte. Uh, come check me out. Hell bye yeah. Bye bye.